This past week, our family sat down and we watched uh, some Christmas movies. Um, it's something that we enjoy doing at this time of year. Maybe you have those family favorite Christmas movies for you. I mean, we had a little extra time this week as a family due to um, being overwhelmed by a wonderful stomach virus. Um, all five out of our six um, fell victim to this. Um, Kate did not, and our understanding is that Kate did not because she's too small for the germ to actually find her. Um, so, so all of us had a little bit extra time um, to watch a few Christmas, Christmas movies together. Um, we watched some of our favorites. Um, Elf is one. Um, you know, Buddy just doesn't get much better than Buddy. Um, that's one of them. We watched uh, How the Grinch. We watched that one. Uh, Andrew and I watched a, a Hallmark Christmas movie. I love those. I'm sorry. I just, I just do. Um, so we watched, we watched one of those. And then we watched, I think it was a new one for us as a family. It was Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. Now, it's not the claymation one. Okay, that I think they had one back in like the 60s or 70s. This was like the 2001 like cartoon kind of version. And so it was on ABC Family. We're like, we're all like not feeling great. Let's just not move and watch this thing. So we're watching this movie, this film, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but basically um, Santa's toys are being stolen by the toy taker. And the, so Rudolph and the dentist, I don't know if you remember the little dentist guy. I think his name is Hermie, I think. And so Hermie and Rudolph end up on this island, and they basically rescue the toys from the toy taker, and the toy taker ends up being the stuffed teddy bear, you know, who has issues, basically. And as I'm thinking about the Christmas movies that we're watching, and that movie, and the whole theme of rescue, it's interesting to me, because if you, I want you to think, I'm going to try this, I want you to think of your your favorite Christmas movie. Don't say it out loud, but what is your favorite Christmas movie? Think about it now. And I can bet that somewhere in your favorite movie is the theme of being rescued. Somewhere. Somewhere in that movie, somewhere in that film, somewhere in that story is rescue. Somewhere. I mean, in Elf, you have it all over the place, right? In Rudolph, you have it all over the place. I mean, not only do they rescue the toys from the toy taker, but they rescue the toy taker, the stuffed teddy bear who had issues. I mean, he comes around and has a new launch on life and, and all this stuff. So somewhere in, in a story is the theme of rescue. Almost in every movie, and I would venture to say in every movie, in every story is the theme of rescue. And I would challenge you, the next movie you see, Christmas or not, find it. You'll find it somewhere. It's a wonderful life, Right? Theme of rescue, George Bailey, the angel rescues George. George rescues the town. The town rescues George at the end. Sorry if you've never seen it, totally ruined it for you. Okay? <laughs> Same with Island of Misfit Toys, sorry, ruined it for you. But somewhere in, is, in every th- Christmas story or stories, it's theme of rescue. And, and when we watch it, something happens with our hearts. Our hearts connect with this theme of being rescued. They really do. That's why we love it. We love a good rescue story. That's why I'll sit down and watch a Hallmark story because there's rescue in that. And there's something about that theme of being rescued that our hearts just can't get away from. We just can't. Our hearts latch on to that and go, wow, there's something about it. And the reason is because our hearts long to be rescued. They really do. Now, maybe your heart doesn't long to be rescued from the evil toy taker. If it does, then you have similar issues to the toy taker. 
But I'm going to guess that for some of us here tonight, your heart might be longing to be rescued from that pesky need for approval. You long to be rescued from that need for approval from your parents, from your spouse, a new spouse, from God. Your heart longs to be rescued from that need for approval. Maybe for for others of you, your heart tonight is longing to be rescued from those feelings of insignificance. You You just feel you're not good enough. You just feel like no matter how hard you try, there's just, will you truly be ever loved? And your heart longs for that. There's something deep down. But your heart longs to be rescued from those feelings and from those thoughts. Maybe others of you, your heart tonight is longing to be rescued from bitterness, bitterness from a previous marriage, bitterness toward um, a previous mate or a previous relationship. Or maybe your heart longs to be rescued from anger, anger toward your kids, anger toward your parents, anger toward your boss, anger toward, I don't know. Maybe others of you, your heart longs to be rescued from guilt, guilt of a past relationship, guilt of a present relationship, guilt of past choices. We don't have to think hard too long before we realize that somewhere in all of us is a longing to be rescued, a longing for our hearts to be rescued. And so the question is, is there hope? Is there hope? Is it possible for your heart and for my heart to be rescued from these things? And the answer, yes. Because rescue was launched at Christmas. If you love a good rescue story, you will absolutely, you have to love Christmas. I'm sorry. But if you love a good rescue story, you have to love Christmas because Christmas is the launch of the greatest rescue in history. It's the rescue of your heart. It's the rescue of my heart. Let me show you. Go to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. The gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 18 through 21. We were here about a month ago together, and we discovered that God came near so that God could be with us. His name, Emmanuel, means God with us. But Matthew's writing, and Matthew is basically a biography of the life and times of Jesus Christ. And he's writing a biography, and he starts like with any good biography at the birth of Jesus. So he retells the events surrounding Jesus' birth. And he starts out this way in Matthew 1, he said, 1 verses 18 and following. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. This is how God came near. But we need to realize that before God can ever be with us, something else had to take place. A rescue, a saving had to take place. You see, Christmas is about his presence, God's presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, it is. But before you and I can ever experience God's presence, something else had to take place. A rescue had to take place. A saving had to take place. And Matthew records for us the events surrounding Jesus' birth. And what we see here in the angel's announcement is the launch of this rescue of your heart, the rescue of my heart. And here's a situation. Follow it. Verse 18, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. 
because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, before again, God, before God could ever be with us, something else had to take place. God came near, yes, so that he could be with us, but God came near so that he could rescue us. So that he could rescue us. And Christmas is the launch of that rescue. It's the launch of the greatest rescue in history, the rescue of your heart, the rescue of my heart. Now, here's a situation. Matthew tells a story of how Jesus was born and reveals here that God came near via a virgin named Mary. Some of this is very familiar with you. Mary was hooked up with Joseph. Joseph was a righteous man. He was a Jew. And by that, basically, we know that Joseph was a good, law-abiding Jew, meaning it was important for him to follow God's rules, follow God's regulations, to please God. That was important to Joseph. He was a righteous man. He was a devout man. And so he comes to find out that his betrothed, Mary, is pregnant and not with his child. Devastation. Absolutely devastated. He could, knowing the law, have her stoned publicly. That was an option. Or he could divorce her quietly. And see, the fact that he chooses that tells us he knows the law. He knows what his options were. He's a righteous man. He knows that, and that's very important to understand as we unfold the story around Jesus' birth. And I find it interesting here, too, that Matthew reminds us that Jesus' birth is coming because God himself is making it happen, right? That's what he says. He says, the angel says to him in verse 20, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And that's so important because who's launching the rescue plan? God's launching the rescue plan. He's doing it. God's the one that's making this happen. Not you, not me. We can't. So God launches it. God's the one through his Holy Spirit sending his son into the womb of Mary. Joseph, as I said, finds out she's pregnant. And then the angel comes, and obviously he's devastated, disappointed. The angel comes to him, and then he announces to Joseph, and this is what he says in verse 21, and this is where we're going to camp tonight. He says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. You are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. You've got to see this. In the angel's announcement to Joseph, the angel reveals the rescue plan. And in this rescue plan, like every good rescue, there's a problem. There's a problem. There's a plan. And like every rescue, we need a savior. We need somebody that's going to come and do the rescuing. And it's all right here in verse 21. It's all right here in the name that God gives to his son, Jesus And so the angel announces that, okay, here we go. Here's the rescue plan, the rescue for your hearts, and let's look at the problem first. He says, you're to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from what? What's happening? Save them from the government of Rome? That's what Joseph would have loved to hear, but that's not what he heard. The angel says, no, I'm going to send a son And he's going to come to Mary, and you're going to have the awesome privilege of actually giving him the name Jesus, and his name Jesus, and you need to call him this because he's going to save his people from their sins. You see, the Jews thought that the big problem was government. 
They thought the big problem was government. It was Rome, that they're captives to their government. They thought that was the big problem. They thought that was the real problem. God, thankfully, knows much more than we do and says, no, that's just a symptom of the problem. The real problem is sin. The real problem that we see is not what we see on the external. It's what we have in the heart. That's the real problem. The real problem is sin. And God, thankfully, knows that because he knows, listen, I can put Band-Aids and all these things, but that that doesn't solve the real problem. But if I can change the heart, I can change the world. And so he comes, his rescue plan is to solve the problem of our hearts. And so he says, here, you're to give him the name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And literally the word sins means to miss the mark. It means to be without share and to violate God's law. And whose sins are they? The other guys, their sins. Own it up. Own up to it. It's your sin. It's my sin. It's Jew and Gentile sin. And sin is the real problem. And God comes to rescue us from the root of all of our problems, sin. I mean, think about that. What a loving, caring God. And you and I, we get so focused on the external problems, and, and not that we shouldn't. But the real problem, the reason why there's so much brokenness and evil in the world is because of sin. The real problem is sin. And God knows it, so he says, I'm coming, I'm sending my son to you, and he's going to rescue you from the real problem, which is the problem of your own sin. And sin is the real problem, and all of us have it, because in Romans chapter 3, Paul writes, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jew and Gentile, you and me, we each have a sin problem. The reason why I'm impatient, sin. The reason why I get angry, sin. The reason why I don't love like I should love, sin. And we go, is there hope? Yes. Thankfully, there is hope. It's a great reason to celebrate Christmas. There is hope because God sends a rescue plan and a rescue person to solve us from our real problem, sin. Well, why is sin such a big problem? He, Ephesians 2. Let me just read some paraphrases for you. Paul says that sin leaves us dead spiritually under God's justice for our rebellion against him. Sin leaves us separate from Christ without hope and without God. That's sin. That's not good news. That's bad news. Revelation 21 tells us that John says in that, in that book of the Bible, Revelation, he says, John says that our sin keeps us from God's presence, from God being with us, leaving us for the place for all sinners, the lake of fire. We don't hear a lot of talk about hell. But that is the ultimate destination for all people who have rejected and rebelled against God. So the scriptures teach, I believe it firmly, and that's why we talk about it. Because that is a problem. That's a problem for me, and it's a problem for you. Because if with, without the sin problem removed, that's our destiny. Separate from God, without hope. This is us, people. This is us. This is, can you imagine Joseph hearing this? Wow, sins. Wow. Okay, I thought I was good with God. I'm a Jew. I do all I can to keep the law. I'm a good person, God. And God says, no, 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 the real problem is your sin, the problem of your heart. It's a real problem. As I said, we had a family stomach virus this week. And hopefully, you know, this next week you'll all be great to go and we will have not infected you with with it. No, we're good. We're good. But I want to tell you something. See, I've never seen this virus attack someone like it attacked my son Luke. 
Never, I mean, we've had viruses before, but never seen it hit anybody like it hit him. I'm serious. I mean, within a 12-hour period of time, I don't want, I want to spare you the details. Just, it, just take my word for it. It was bad. It was really bad. You know, and I'm going, would you like a cup of ginger ale? You know, would you like 7-Up? You want to watch a movie? You know, you're trying to just make him feel better because there's nothing I can do to free him. Why? Because it's something inside him. The only, I can't make that virus go away. I can't. What I'm trying to do is put Band-Aids on this thing to try to make him feel better. And see, the real problem is inside us. And so often we try to maybe soothe it with an addiction, soothe it with this, soothe it with that, and then it never satisfies. Why? Because you're not solving the problem. The problem is your heart. The problem is sin. The problem is my heart and my sin. And that's the problem. And the rescue involves that problem. And this is why Christmas is so critical because you and I have a sin problem. Christmas is about rescue. The angel reveals that it involves a problem and the angel reveals that there's a plan. And the plan is this. The plan is to save. He says you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now this word save is such a cool word. It's such a great word. And we use it a lot in Christian circles. And I think many times it just loses its meaning. Because we say it a lot. Let me define and describe for you this word save. Save has a big meaning. It means to rescue. It means to rescue us from something. So this rescuer is going to rescue us from the problem. He's going to rescue us from sin. That's one aspect of the meaning of save. Another aspect of the meaning of save is that he's to restore to full health. To restore to full health. To make you and me complete. The way we were created to be in relationship with God. And then finally, the word means to protect or to save. So hold on to those three meanings. Because here the the angel announces, here's the problem. The problem is sin. The plan is to save. And then he says, because he, who's he? Well, he is the rescuer, and we'll get to him in a minute, but it's an emphatic he, meaning he is the only one that can do the saving. There's no one else that can do the saving. Only him, only this person that I'm telling you about, only he can do the saving, no one else. Well, then how would he save? The angel doesn't really tell us exactly the whole specifics of the plan, but we have the whole record in the New Testament. So let me just kind of relay that out to you. Okay, so here's how it happens. Colossians 1 tells us, Paul wrote to these believers, these Christians, and he said, he, God, would rescue us from the dominion of darkness. How? By forgiving us, giving us forgiveness. So this plan involves you and me needing forgiveness because our sin really is against God. And so we need to be forgiven By God. And Paul tells us that forgiveness is available. Well, how is forgiveness available? Hebrews chapter 9, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. There's no rescue from it. So this rescue for us to get forgiveness from God is going to involve a death. It's going to involve someone taking the place of another. And it's going to involve the shedding of blood. Well, where did that happen? Colossians 2, 13 through 14. You need to go to this verse because this is awesome. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. Keep your finger in Matthew 1. Colossians 2. So the plan is to save, to give us forgiveness from our sins, to rescue us from the root of our problem, to restore us into full health and make us complete with God, to forever be protected in his presence forever. And Colossians 2 tells us where that sacrifice took place. Colossians 2, verse 13. 
Paul's writing says, here you are dead in your sins. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive. You mean I can be, I can be alive with God? I can have that relationship with God that's alive? Yes, you can. How? With Christ. He forgave us all our sins. How? Verse 14. Having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us, that stood opposed to us, he took it away. How? Nailing it to the cross. You see, you cannot have Christmas without talking about the cross. You just can't. Because that's the purpose of Christmas. I mean, Christmas is the launch Of the rescue, the cross is the fulfillment, praise the Lord. It's the fulfillment. I mean, think about this. We have a problem, and we have someone that came to rescue us from this huge, big, fat problem called sin. Amazing. Incredible. And the Bible tells us, Paul says, and anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, what? Will be rescued will be rescued. You just need to believe that Jesus is the one. He's the rescuer, and we'll get to him in a minute, but he's the one that took your place and my place on the cross. He's the one whose blood was shed, and by looking to him and his cross, and he's alive, you can be freed from the problem of sin in your heart. You can't. You see, through the cross, remember those definitions? Through the cross, we become rescued from sin. We are no longer needing to be its slave. Through the cross, we become restored back into full relationship with God. You see, before sin, we had an awesome relationship with God. It was perfect. Humanity just amazing. Nothing wrong. It was perfect. It was awesome. And then we broke it. It's our sin. We chose it. We chose to rebel against God. And through the cross, through Christ, that relationship that was there in the beginning, it's ours again. Did I do anything to get it? Absolutely not. So, you see, the plan was to rescue us from sin. The plan was to bring us back into full relationship with God, restore us. And the plan was to protect us and keep us safe in his presence forever. And so through the cross now, through believing in Christ as the Savior, he deposits his presence through his spirit inside us with us forever to be with him forever. That's Christmas launching the rescue. That's cross fulfilling it through Christ. You see, the angel, and it's just in this phrase, and how quickly have you and I heard this, because he will save his people from their sins, and we're out the door. That's it. This, this is the rescue. This is the hope of, of our hearts, of rescuing our hearts. And he says, because he will save his people from their sins, the problem, the plan is to save, and every rescue needs a Savior. And this Savior's name is Jesus. He says, you will give him the name Jesus. You will give him the name Jesus. Now, that name Jesus actually was a common name back then, much like our name John today. It was a common name. It's the Greek equivalent of the Old Testament name Joshua. And so it's interesting because Paul tells us that Jesus came as a servant in human likeness, taking on the appearance of a man. Hebrews says that Jesus was made like his brothers, sharing in their humanity. I mean, Jesus truly came to be like us. He came as us. He, he took on our skin and he took on our names. 
I mean, Jesus went to school, studied, played in the yard or sand or dust. I don't know, but he played with his buddies. He just did. And his name reveals that Jesus is man. He's humanity. And if we have to have a substitute to take our place for our rebellion against God, we need someone to represent us, and that representation has to be a man. And so God comes as a man. But Jesus, his name, not only reveals he is man, he reveals he is God, because literally the name Jesus means Jehovah saves. And what did Jesus tell the, the, the Pharisees, the religious? He said, before Abraham was, I am, blew them out of the water. And so here you have Jehovah coming to save, the God of the universe coming to us to save us. Now remember, who placed Jesus in Mary's womb? God did. Who gave Jesus the name Jesus? Don't say Joseph. He told Joseph what to tell. Mary to name the son, right? He, he said, we already got the name. He said, she will give birth to the son. If you were to give him the name, whatever you want, like the animals in the garden? Nope. You're to give him a special name. You're to give him the name Jesus because there's a special meaning to his name Jesus. Now, when we had our kids or before we had our children, um, we took some time to think about what we would name them. It was important for us. You know, we, we thought, okay, what are we going to name our kids? And, you know, we would go online, baby names, and, you know, look up all the different meanings and, and all of that. And some you're like, no. You know, others you're like, oh, that's so sweet, but no. You know, Jones, come on. I mean, how do you make Jones, like, unique? You just can't. I don't, you know, you just, it's impossible. There were three Mark Joneses in my high school at one time. You know, I mean, so name to me, just, okay, whatever. You know, so I'm, we're trying, we're looking, and, you know, and then we, you look at the meanings and all that. But here's what's interesting about names. You see, early on when they're babies, you know, oh, your name means this, you know, lover of whatever, you know, or vision or inspiration. Oh, that's so cute. You know, we love that. But later as we go through life, what really becomes the meaning of our names? What we do. See, I could tell you the name Steve, right? I have no idea what the meaning, Steve, the meaning of the name Steve means. But if I say Steve Jobs, got a name, got a picture, right? LeBron. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Do you know the meaning of his name? Have no idea. Some who love Cleveland, grew up not far from there, would consider him a traitor. Okay, others would, from the Miami Heat, would say, man, he's a blessing. Okay, you define a person as they go through life, later in life, not by their name, what it really means, but their name becomes defined by what they do, right? But with Jesus, the meaning of his name is what he did. He really lived up to, his, the, to the meaning of his name because his name means to save. Now, think about this. As I said, the name Jesus was the Greek equivalent for the name Joshua. Now, think about this. I, I got to believe that when Joseph hears the name, being a good, devout Jew, knowing the law. He knew, knows that the Messiah is promised. He knows that there's a Christ coming, an anointed one. And he knows the history. He knows the patriarchs. And I've got to believe that when the angel goes, you're to name him Jesus, you know, kind of like if you were named after a former relative, or not former relative, well, maybe they're no longer alive, but probably our former relative. Okay, but, you know, when you say that person's name, you're like, oh, Grandpa or, you know, Billy or Uncle, whatever. You know, your, your mind goes back to them. I think that's probably what happened here. When the angel says, you're to name him Jesus, I got to believe that Joseph is like, wow, Joshua. Joshua. 
the first Joshua. Wow, that Joshua, the first one, he actually led God's people out of the wilderness, defeated the enemies, and took them into God's promised land. Now, this Joshua, he's actually going to lead people, God's chosen people before the foundation of the world. He's actually going to lead these people out of the wilderness, defeat the enemies of sin, Satan, and death, and lead them into the presence of God's promised land himself forever. Beautiful. What a beautiful name we have with Jesus. Jesus truly does save. He truly does save. That was person who came to rescue us. That's the Savior. You see, God came near so God could rescue us. Our problem is sin. The plan was to save. And the person is a Savior named Jesus. You see, if you love rescue stories, then you've got to love Christmas. Because Christmas is the rescue of your heart. It's the rescue of my heart. And just imagine for a moment, imagine being freed from those needs for approval, significance, love, freed from that nagging guilt from your past choices or past life, freed from the bitterness, freed from the anger. Just imagine being freed from from all that. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible through Jesus because when Jesus saves you, he rescues you from the problem of of sin. He restores your heart, puts you full into relationship with God, and now he protects you, keeping him with himself forever. And then Christ himself through his spirit comes inside you, and now through Christ you are fully loved. Through Christ you are always wanted. Through Christ you are always forgiven. Through Christ you are significant. Through Christ you are approved all through Christ and the cross. That's why we need Christmas. Because Christmas takes us to Christ and the cross and through Christ when he rescues your heart, when he saves you, he becomes all you ever need and all you will ever want. Jesus saves. He rescues us. And if you're here tonight and you have not received Christ as Savior, why not? Why not? You can keep putting Band-Aids on the symptoms of why you're rejecting him, but until you let him save your heart and solve your problem of sin, you'll just keep putting Band-Aids on. And we talked about the ultimate destiny for the place of those who continue to reject Jesus. But know that you can be set free tonight. Your heart can be rescued. Just receive Christ right now. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved right now in this moment. Just say, Jesus, forgive me my sin against you. I call on you. Rescue my heart. Save me. And he promises he will. And if you have received Christ, church, rejoice. Rejoice. Because right now, you know what's going on inside you? Jesus is. Jesus is going on inside you. And because Jesus is going on inside of you, you're fully loved. You're fully accepted. You are fully significant. God loves you, can't love you any more than he already loves you right now, yesterday, tomorrow, 500 years from now. You are fully loved, fully wanted, fully significant. You've forgiven of your past. The bitterness can be removed. The anger can be conquered. Why? Because Jesus did it for you at the cross.
Jesus saves. He is our rescuer. God came near so that God could rescue us. And one way that the early church and the church has been celebrating Christ as their rescuer is through the ceremony of communion. And so we're going to participate in that tonight. Communion is a great reminder to remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us so that you and I could have our hearts rescued. The bread symbolizing his broken body, the wine, the juice symbolizing his blood that was shed through, um, through whom we have forgiveness of sins. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray and thank God for his son, sending his son. And kind of the way we do it around here is after I pray, I just want you to take some time to just reflect for a moment on Christ as your rescuer. And in that moment of silence, if you've never received Christ, would you do that right then? Just call out to him. And if you call out to Jesus tonight to be your Savior, would you let me know? I want to celebrate with you. You might see me you know, dance a little bit, jump up and down because I'll be so excited. That's okay. You might see others do it too. But in that moment of quiet, if you've never received Christ to rescue you from the problem of sin, do so tonight. Church, in that moment of quiet, just thank Jesus for what he's done for you. Just thank Jesus for what he's done for you. And then as your heart's ready, we have three different tables, if you will. Just simply make your way to one of the tables, take a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, partake of it. And then also there's a little ornament there, a little ornament that I want you to take home, one for everybody, I want you to put on your tree, your Christmas tree. And it basically just says rescued, rescued. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord because he will save his people from their sins. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for meeting with us tonight. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for sending your son to us so that we could really have our hearts rescued. Just help us to keep looking at Jesus. Keep reminding us, Father, of who we really are in Christ and all that Christ has done for us. I thank you for sending him to take our place upon the cross, that his body was broken, his blood was shed. And so now I pray in these moments that we would just simply, our hearts would be filled with joy for who we really are because you, Jesus, have saved us. You have rescued us. Amen.